So the treaty basically says you cannot put a weapon into orbit around Earth. Have you heard about the false flag alien invasion? No. You haven't? No, I haven't heard about this yet. I've seen triangle patterns. I've seen uh, lights that jump from place to place. I mean, I've, I've literally traveled, investigated, and seen these things. And I have no explanation for what they are. We're going to cover the weaponization of space mm. or weaponizing space and UFO, UAP, maybe some free energy stuff. Yeah. What do you want to kick it off with? Dude, weaponizing space is a super interesting topic. Let's right? go there. Yeah. So, so the couple things. So just recently, Russia announced that it's going to pull out a START treaty. Right. What is the Star Treaty? The Start Treaty was a treaty that was put in place in during the Obama years to basically limit and downsize the total number of nuclear weapons that existed between the United States and the, and the Russian arsenals. So a downsizing and modernization and safety like protocols, right, for for our two different nuclear weapon arsenals. I mean, it was set to expire in 2025. Most people thought it was going to renew, but now Putin just announced he's not going to renew it. Right? That came on the heels of Biden showing up in Kiev on President's Day, which in and of itself is kind of ridiculous. I don't know why the U.S. president would spend American President's Day in Kiev. It just it doesn't, it doesn't honor our history of presidents. Well, some people but, claim he's not all there. <laughs> <laughs> so. But either way, so to counter that kind of snub in the face of Russia, Putin announced he's going to pull out of the START Treaty. Now, nuclear weapons, there is a treaty in place. The non-weaponization non of space is a treaty that's existed since the 70s. Nuclear weapons actually work the way they work specifically because they're supposed to fit within the guidelines of a treaty. So the treaty basically says you cannot put a weapon into orbit around Earth. Nuclear weapons follow that rule because they actually launch in a elliptical uh, pattern to re-engage or re-enter Earth's atmosphere. So they leave from one part of Earth and they enter another part of Earth. They do not make a full rotation around the Earth, so they do not make an orbit. With the idea of weaponizing space, it becomes scary because now there are so many more people involved that were never part of that treaty. Uh, China's putting things in space. They were never part of the original treaty. Uh, we've got commercial entities putting putting things in space, right? You've got uh, friggin' Elon Musk is launching Teslas into orbit. So there's all this stuff now going into space that was never part of the original treaty not to weaponize space. And all you would basically have to do is essentially put something into space that's carrying a laser, carrying a uh, even a dumb bomb, a dumb explosive, right? All you need is gravity. You can just drop something out of a out of a vehicle in space, and as long as it can withstand re-entry into the atmosphere, essentially you have a space-based weapons platform. Uh, so it's it is scary to think about the future of modern-day weapons, smart weapons, energy-directed weapons or directed energy weapons, laser weapons, being based in orbit around the Earth. How many countries do you know of that are putting weapons into space? I don't know of anyone currently putting weapons into space, but the countries that we know have the infrastructure to put satellites and to put uh, large vehicles into space, I mean, that's got to be pushing up towards 25 or 30 countries. Uh, I mean, just some of the ones that jump to mind that I'm not comfortable with putting 
items into space. Pakistan can launch into space. India can launch into space. Um, uh, Turkey can launch into space. Iran? Iran can probably launch into space. I mean, if they, if they can't do it themselves, they'd be able to get the, the know-how from the Russians or the Chinese to be able to do it, right? North Korea might be able to launch into space. They have missile platforms that carry nuclear weapons. Mm -hmm. So the, there's a lot of very intense applied mathematics that goes into getting something into orbit and making it stay there. But I mean, these are all countries that, that have a grudge with someone else that they might consider putting a weapon into space. At least the United States... And and some of, and like Russia, for example, like we have this contentious relationship. Remember, in World War II, we were allies, and then there was the Cold War, and then coming out of the Cold War, and in the early ninety, in like in the early nineties, we kind of became friendly again, and then that has slowly kind of dissolved into what it is now. Uh, obviously, exacerbated significantly in the last year. But there's a, there's a weird relationship where both of us are really fairly responsible nuclear partners, uh, at least until, until we see otherwise. What do you think about all this UAP, UFO stuff? It's, 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 it's being brought up more and more and more, and there's all these conspiracies mm -hmm. around it. Everything from, well... Have you heard about the false flag alien invasion? No. You haven't? No, I haven't heard about this yet. Well, <clears throat> some people think that the, the, that the globalization is going to occur after a false flag alien invasion, and that's why all these UAP and UFOs are, are coming up in the media, because they're going to they're gonna falsify something that's going to create enough fear to where we all, all listen to the one world government. A false flag alien invasion, meaning, meaning some some meaning, deep shadow government is making us think there's UFOs. Yes, yes. Wow, that's convoluted. Yeah, but why do you think this is all of a sudden just hitting the mainstream? So more and more and more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, that I think is an excellent question. UFOs have been something people have been interested in a long time. Right, as long as we can remember seeing things in the sky that we can't immediately identify, that was the birth of the UFO. UFOs and aliens, I think if you, if you take a look closely, they're two different things. UFOs are just what's in the sky. Mm -hmm. Aliens are life outside of our planet. It's a nuanced difference, but it's still a difference. The reason people are obsessed with UFOs is because people don't like, cognitively, human beings don't like an open loop in their, in their reasoning process. You, would, you don't like it, I don't like it. It's the reason that television series always end on a cliffhanger. It's the reason that books end on cliffhangers. It's the reason that you read emails from email marketers and they always tell you what they're going to tell you on the next email, right? The human, the human brain doesn't like an open loop. We like a closed loop. We like we like closure. So when there's an open loop, we get fixated on it. So the idea of this mystery of what's in the sky, we get naturally fixated on what could that be? Whether we want to or not, we start theorizing, could it be this? Could it be that? Could it be this? We're trying to close the loop cognitively. That's what drives us compulsively with UFOs. What drives us compulsively with aliens 
is actually a question of how human beings, uh, how we relate to mortality. You're going to die someday. Mm -hmm. I'm going to die someday. Right now in our 40s, it's more, it's more real to us than it was in our 20s when we probably both thought we were impervious. But imagine how we're going to feel when we're 60. Imagine how we're going to feel when we're 80, right? The closer you get to death, the more intense your questions start to become about, is there life after death? Is there more after death? Am I really just a pile of a functioning like biological system and then I'm going to die my system's going to stop working and I'm just going to be dust. Is that really all there is to it? Or is there more? And that question of is there more is what really drives our fixation with alien life. Because what if there is life outside of Earth? What if when we die, our spirits go somewhere outside of Earth? What if there's some technology out there that these advanced creatures may have that could help me prolong my life? right? What if there's something, some great mystery that I haven't discovered in my 65 years of existence because I'm bored with everything of life. And now the only thing that's, that's new and unknown to me is this idea of alien life. So the question of aliens is really intricately connected with our, with the human existence, with hmm. our mortality, right? So you can see that you can separate these two things. One is a question of mortality. One is an open loop of the mysteries of what's going on in the sky. Now, the reason that these two things have always been around, but they've become so intensely mainstream, is because of the UAP report that the government released, what is it, two years ago now, 2021, possibly 2022? The federal government finally released that they had been collecting information about UFOs and UAPs since the 1950s. Once we heard that the federal government, the CIA, the DIA, NSA, had been coll actively collecting, running intelligence operations against Russia, for crying out loud, to try to collect information about UFOs and UAPs. Now all of a sudden what that did is it lended government credibility to these two open loops that we've been suffering from for so long, which now made it so that maybe in secret you thought they were aliens, but you never talked about it with your friends, or maybe in secret you thought they were UFOs, but you never mentioned it to your wife, now all of a sudden the government's talking about it. So now everybody can talk about it, which opens up the conversation to everybody who has an opinion, uh -huh. right? And there is real evidence out there that speaks to unidentified aerial phenomenon and that speaks to things in the sky that nobody can describe. And then you've got the footage from the 2007, uh, the Nimitz and the F-18s that were tracking multiple aerial vehicles that they couldn't describe and they couldn't define. Like there's all, there's a lot of moving parts here that have now made it so that these two natural questions that all human beings have, have now become so mainstream, we can talk and speculate all we want openly now without having to worry about anybody calling us crazy. Do you have any theories on what these are? So I do actually. I uh, so I was I was mentioning to you. I actually just finished shooting on a new television show, mm -hmm. and I can't speak about many details. But but the show was for a mainstream cable channel, and it was an investigation into the relationship between you know potential government cover-ups, potential government secrets and what is going on that could help describe or explain some of these phenomenon that people have been seeing, whether it's phenomenon in the sky or phenomenon on the ground or, 
or phenomenon that people experience physiologically, right? Is there a connection there? Um, and, you know, when I get releases to talk about the show, I'll happy to share it all with you. But the point was, we got to actually investigate these questions. We got to look at data. We got to travel. We got to do some experiments to see if we could understand more about what, what is actually happening with UAP, UFO uh, phenomenon, and how does it relate to the government, right? The U.S. government specifically. What I've landed on is a couple of things. So first, there's, there is absolutely classified information that we're not being shared, that's not being shared with us. Uh-huh. And that sucks because without that information, we don't have all the information. We can't make a sound conclusion for ourselves. So there's absolutely some element that's being controlled by the government. That doesn't mean that it's alien tech being protect, being controlled by the government. It just means that some, some bean counter somewhere has chosen these 15 reports to not be shared publicly. Who knows what they say? But for sure, there's some element where we're not being told all the facts the government has. On top of that, you've got real national security concerns. We're trying to develop new weapons all the time, new aircraft, new missile delivery systems, uh, technology that we can't even fathom yet, right? Maybe there's hovercraft technology. Maybe there's, maybe there's, who knows, teleporting technology. There's actual national security secrets that should be protected, which is different than the information that doesn't need to be protected, but they're protecting it anyways. So, but between... The government secrets that should be there and the government secrets that don't need to be there, there's a lot of empty holes in our understanding. So in my experience, I've seen strange lights in the sky. We've gone to some of the areas out there where people have reported UFO sightings, historic repeat UFO sightings. I've seen some very strange lights in the sky. I've seen triangle patterns. I've seen uh, lights that jump from place to place. I mean, I've, I've literally traveled, investigated, and seen these things. And I have no explanation for what they are. But they're happening in the sky in certain places at high altitude. Where are you seeing these at? The Southwest, primarily. If you're looking in the skies over Nevada, Arizona, Colorado, that's a, that's a really concentrated area there at the Four Corners, Utah. That's, a, that's an area where there's a ton of concentrated just strangeness, right? That's also an area that's rife with government experimentation. That's where we have all of our experimental flight zones. That's where we have, you have huge uh, areas of, of commercial air traffic that go through there. Plus, it's wide open, beautiful, clear sky. You can actually see satellites from Earth when you look up in an empty, dark sky. It's incredible what you can see in a normal sky. Most people don't take the time to look up. Most people who do look up, they don't get that kind of a dark sky. They get a sky with a lot of light pollution because they live in or near a city. So you might see 15 or 50 stars, but you don't see the Milky Way. Uh When you see the Milky Way, you see all sorts of things moving in the sky that you never would have imagined you would see. And part of the reason is because so many more people are putting up satellites now. You've got... Uh, SpaceX puts up satellites, governments put up satellites, commercial entities across the world put up satellites. I mean, for crying out loud, Atesilat, which is a French communications company, uh, Atesilat puts up satellites on an almost monthly basis, building a network of satellite-based cellular communication that they use around the world commercially, right? 
So there's so much in the sky, people see it all the time. And we don't know what we're looking at. It's not, it doesn't pop up on, on a flight tracker. Nobody announced that they're going to put something in the sky. You just start to see it. Now, a satellite looks pretty clear, right? Mm -hmm. It's a straight line. It moves at a steady speed, starts in one place, ends in another place. But the stuff that's up there isn't always a satellite. I've seen strange glowing orbs, like balls of light that change direction. I have no idea what that is. Is that an airplane that You've seen that? Oh, yeah. How many times? Maybe three. And only in the last two months while I've been shooting this show. Wow. But what is it? Could it be, could it be like uh, an alien aircraft? Maybe. It could also be a domestic aircraft that forgot to turn off its headlight. Probably not, but it could be. It could also be a natural phenomenon. I've learned about things like ball lightning. Have you ever heard of ball lightning? No. Lightning, the, the, the environmental conditions that create lightning can actually be created on a small microcosm and in a ball. So it's lightning in a ball. It just looks like a light in the middle of nowhere floating. Hmm. There's also indicators, pre-indicators of, of earthquakes. There's geological effects that happen that release energy, electromagnetic energy into the atmosphere. When the energy comes up from a fault line and comes in contact with certain uh, conditions in the atmosphere, it creates lights in clouds, almost like... A, like a light switch in a cloud, and all of a sudden, the cloud is a light and floating, right? We know these things exist. They've been studied, they've been talked about, but they're not mainstream. So how many of the lights that people are seeing that are strange are these true geological or aerial phenomenon that can be explained, right? Unknown aerial phenomenon, UAP, versus known aerial phenomenon, KAP. Unless you know the ball lightning exists, you're not going to know what it looks like when you see it. So there's, there's this subset of celestial things, satellites, that we understand. Then there's a subset of just unidentified domestic or unidentified commercial things like aircraft. And then you've got these natural phenomenon like ball lightning. Only after you've gotten through all three of those do you get to the really, really strange stuff. Mm -hmm. And I mean... That is stuff that I don't know whether or not I've even seen really, really strange stuff because there's so much going on in the sky. Hey everybody, I'm Sean Ryan. Click here to subscribe to the Sean Ryan Show YouTube channel for the hottest and most compelling interviews that you will not see anywhere else. I've also made a playlist of all the previous SRS episodes so they're easy to find. You can find that right here.